0: Welcome to Watershed's July podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the Head of the Cultural Programme here at Watershed. I've just come back from a festival where the history of cinema is taken seriously and given its rightful place as a cultural celebration. Here you can revisit the silent era, always presented with live music, reappraise long-forgotten films, see classics, reissued new prints and rethink cinema as a living, breathing art form with a rich and rewarding history, lively present, and according to some here, an uncertain future. But more of that later. The event is Il Cinema Retrovato in Bologna in Italy, now in its 22nd edition. Based at the Cineteca, it presents an extraordinarily varied programme of retrospectives, themed programmes and events over eight packed days. The work varies from some of the earliest recordings on film of, for example, the Suffragettes at the turn of the century to reissues of classics from world cinema amongst them Bad Day at Black Rock and Tookie Bookie. The latter film is part of the World Cinema Foundation programme which is fronted by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese announced in Cannes last year a strategy to start to save the heritage of world cinema. If it is an arduous and expensive task in so-called developed countries to preserve their cinematic past. Imagine what it is like for countries without any archive infrastructure, or whose economic needs is such that film preservation does not begin to register as a necessity. In this context, Scorsese championed, and indeed is chairman, of the Olympian task of preserving world cinema. This year's festival saw the screening of the first fruits of this programme. Two films and a short were screened. The feature films were from 1964, Suzus Yaz, Dry Summer in English, from Turkey, directed by Metin Kraksin, of which, I have to say, I had never come across. It was nominated by the contemporary Turkish director Fatih Akin. This is what he had to say about it. Dry Summer is a film of passion, a passion for water as well as the obsessive passion created by forbidden love. Here is a film that, in 45 years since it was made, has lost none of its universal qualities, none of its relevance, particularly today when wars and rebellions are waged because of droughts. Dry Summer is an important piece of cinema because it is unlike any other film made at the time and its narrative is strikingly original. Authorities at the time objected to Dry Summer representing Turkey overseas which presented all kinds of obstacles when the film came to the Berlin Film Festival. The film walked away with the top prize, but before success could even be celebrated, it was, in quotes, taken captive and completely forgotten for the next 45 years. Today, in these times of intellectually dry summers, when greed is driving humanity to the brink of starvation, this film could hardly be more valid. Dry Summer is one of the most important legacies of Turkish cinema and thanks to restoration it can be rediscovered by the next generation of audiences all over the world. Fatih Akin The second is the aforementioned Tukibuki from Senegal directed by Jibril Diop Mambeti in 1973. It has recently been described as Africa's easy rider. Its tale of one man's journey becomes a modern day odyssey and morality tale. Contemporary Senegalese director, Suleiman Sisse, wrote this introduction to the film. Tukibuki is a prophetic film. Its portrayal of 1973 Senegalese society is not too different from today's reality. Hundreds of young Africans die every day at the Straits of Gibraltar, trying to reach Europe. All their hardship finds voice in Gibraltar's film. The young nomads who think they can cross the desert ocean and find their own lucky star and happiness but are disappointed by the human cruelty they encounter. Tukibuki is a beautiful, unsettling and unexpected film that makes us question ourselves. Suleiman Sissi. These are two prime examples of previously neglected films with contemporary resonance which the Foundation and the Festival here in Bologna are there to preserve and present. The short in the World Cinema Foundation programme is the first of 18 previously unseen behind the scenes footage of the great Swedish director Ingmar Bergman. This is a partnership with the Bergman Foundation to make this tantalising glimpse of the great auteur in action more widely available. A key part of the Bologna Festival is to experience silent film with live accompaniment. At its most spectacular this is presented in open air in the main Bologna Square, where literally thousands of people congregate. The screenings are on an epic scale. I managed to see a screening of Alfred Hitchcock's last silent film, Blackmail, with a 60-piece orchestra and a truly fantastic score by Neil Brand. His score made energetic use of Bernard Herrmann's many collaborations with Hitchcock and for me, rather than dissociate blackmail from pre-sound era, it made the film all the more strikingly contemporary. The print is from the British Film Institute and the following day, there was much enthusiastic talk about possibilities of getting a similar scale of screening in London. After all, this is where the film is set. If it happens, I'll be first in line for a ticket. Coincidentally, the day before, I had seen a French documentary called The Wolf and the Lamb. This was interviews filmed in the 1960s with John Ford and Alfred Hitchcock. Ford in typical fashion gave nothing away, whilst maintaining he was just doing a job. Hitchcock, on the other hand, gave quite brilliant analysis of North by Northwest*, demonstrating, as if we needed any more than his films, that he was and is the master of manipulation. When I saw the title, Wolf and the Lamb, I thought to myself, which one is which is Ford the wolf? Well, Hitchcock couldn't be the lamb. But it suddenly struck me from watching the film that the wolves are Ford and Hitchcock and the Lambs are the interviewers. I was in Bologna actually to do some work, participating and talking at a Europa Cinema's workshop on developing young audiences for European cinema. Something of a Herculean task, you might think, in the face of Indiana Jones and Harry Potter. But given the energy and ideas from the participants, who ranged from Slovenian and Bulgarian to Greek and Dutch, there are ways and means and networking with European partners is a good way of sharing experiences. However, I did manage to steal myself away for the guilty pleasures of seeing two new prints of Hollywood classics on the big screen. They were in the ongoing Cinema Larger Than Life strand, which represents classic cinemascope films. The first was Bud Botticher's Ride Lonesome from 1959, starring Randolph Scott and early appearances by Lee Van Cleef and James Colburn. The film has been restored by Sony Columbia in an extraordinary process. The severely faded original print was digitised frame by frame, completely cleaned of scratches, dust and tears, then the colour restored. The digital copy was then transferred back onto film. The results were extraordinary. A film, in effect, reborn. You can see how the original influenced a whole generation of French critics and directors. It must also surely have been a template for Leone's spaghetti westerns. Also in this programme was John Sturge's 1955 Bad Day at Black Rock, where a one-armed Spencer Tracy arrives in the isolated desert hamlet of Black Rock to unravel a dark secret. It is a lesson in composition, with characters and landscape. Again, Sergio Leone learnt a few things from this, I'm absolutely sure. It was pointed out to me that in the context of a European cinema conference to develop young audiences for European cinema, wasn't this in effect sleeping with the enemy? I could only answer that I was paying a lot of attention to the Italian subtitles. The issue of digital crops up again and again in various forums I have been at over the past five years. The industry is going through one of the most turbulent transformations since, well, the coming of sound. It is recognised that film industry will go digital. But what are the implications of this for the preservation of world film heritage? Initially, the optimistic view was that it was the answer. Surely films could be digitised and stored on disc or on computers, not taking up space like celluloid. And every screening would be like the first. Whereas film collects dust and scratches as it runs through the projector, the more it is screened. Digital films simply wouldn't do this. Not only was this overly optimistic, it is apparently unrealistic. Digital, people are realising, has its own storage problems, corruptibility and foibles. For archivists, a combination of the sheer volume of cinema, issues of degradation and storage, added to the fact that today's films become tomorrow's heritage, it can be an overwhelming challenge. However, cinema is so often thought of in the present, the latest blockbuster release, that it is refreshing and rewarding to see cinema presented with a past and a future. Il Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna is a heroic and passionate enterprise in all of this, and if I were you, I'd be saving up for next year's event.